Good evening and welcome to the Skill Trades Podcast. I'm your co-host Cal and joining me as always is my other co-host David. And this week we're talking with Hayden from Utah and he is on our wonderful social media app called Hammer. Good evening. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. How are you? I'm doing great. Finally home from work, so can't complain. Awesome. Well, welcome to the Skilled Trades Podcast. It's good to have you on. Good to be here. I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity. For sure. Um, my name is David. I'm the co-host as well. Uh, great way to start the Monday evening. Yeah, yeah, it is. Love work, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's a what's a point in working a job that you hate, right? No, I I couldn't agree more. Like, I've worked jobs I've hated, and I just can't see myself doing that again. So, Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, why don't we start off with uh, getting to know you a little bit better. Um, whereabouts are you from? So, I'm from Syracuse, Utah. Okay. Right on. Um, uh, so, what exactly do you do um, for work that you enjoy so much? So I work for a uh, general contractor and we do everything we'll do. We mostly do concrete right now because it's concrete season down here. But uh, we've done, we finished entire basements from drywall to flooring to framing. And so I just love working with my hands and being able to look back on my work and say, I did that. Mm hmm. I know, I know I like in the company I work for um we do plumbing heating and air conditioning and I do mainly service work um but I always I really have that same feeling if I do an install it's like you look back and it's like you know I built that I have that same feeling um so do you like personally do you help out with like all the other aspects in the, um uh, when you work for the general contractor yeah do everything so I love it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I very much resonate with uh, with the feeling of, you know, saying I did that, especially like as an electrician, when you fire up the lights and you see them all come on and that sense of pride that you have, you look at it and it's like, man, that looks good. I, I just did that. Yeah, no. So I actually am starting my electrical apprenticeship in May. So I'm really excited about that. Oh, that's awesome. I'm in exactly two weeks. I'm headed off to finish up my apprenticeship. Oh, right on. That's congratulations. So it's it's been good being able to do it, but it'll feel really good to have the apprenticeship done and and be a full fledged journeyman and be able to take on. Well, I mean, I have been taking on my own jobs anyway, but to finally have that certification. Yeah, no, I I haven't started yet, but I'm eager to start and just waiting for four years to be done so I can start doing that. So, so uh, is your apprenticeship out in Utah like four years as well until you're a journeyman? Yeah. So where I'm going, it's a, a technical college where they teach trades and you can get certified into that trade. And so I start that in May. So, Okay, so then... How long do you, like, here in Canada, we do everything by levels. 
So we'll go to school for two and a half months and then we'll usually work out in the field for a year. And then we go back to school for another two and a half months. Is that kind of similar to what you guys do or do you do it all in one shot? So we kind of do it all in one shot, but they do require you to get a job working with an electrical company. So you can build hours towards your journeyman and your apprenticeship. Because you have to, to get certified, you have to have a certain number of hours before you can take the test to actually receive your journeyman license. Okay. Yeah. That's very similar to here as well. Because I think here in order to be able to become red seal certified you need a minimum of 7200 hours before you can challenge the test yeah before you can take your interprovincial test so i guess it is kind of similar then yeah it's it sounds like it i don't know i've never been to canada so i wouldn't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah right on so what are what are some some project highlights that you've been working on lately Oh man, we just started, um, concrete season just kind of hit this week to about two weeks ago. And so we've kind of started pouring pads, pouring driveways, basement floors, but I think our best work is definitely up in park city. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know how you would put it. It's like a ski town and there's a lot of million dollar house houses up there. And so we do a lot of work up there for elevated builders and I, I not to talk up my work, but I think we do a really good job. So, well, I mean, it's always key to have confidence in your work, right? Because that shows, that shows a level of, or that I should say that makes the customer feel better about the work that's being done too. If they see that you're confident and they see a good work, then they don't have to second guess what they've purchased, right? Yeah, no, uh, perception is everything, and I live by that motto. Mm-hmm. I know, as uh, I know, me and Calvin, we talk about it all the time. Uh, obviously, I'm 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 on the service uh, section in in my company, so I do plumbing, heating, and air conditioning, and um, I I see a lot of work that you know is subpar done by companies that. Mm-hmm do it for cheaper and it definitely goes to show um i to me for me personally i always find that it's always companies come install a bunch of like in, in new homes i find it yeah happens most um just subpar put together or if they put equipment in there and they never show the customer that's moving in there how to use that equipment to its full potential or even what the equipment is i can't tell you how yeah. many times how many times I've gone to a home and I ask the people, oh, uh, have you started your HRV? you have any questions? And they just stare at me blankly. It's like, what's an HRV? Yeah. And they have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, like I see it because like I go up to my cousin's apartment a lot up in Logan and uh, I always catch myself looking down at the concrete and I'm just like, oh, I can <laughs> see a trial mark there. Broom was too heavy here. The concrete was too wet when they broomed it this looks like crap the edge is <laughs> off you know <laughs> yep i i do this i'm 100 percent guilty about that every time <laughs> i drive by people's houses i look at the outside oh yeah your ac's you know crooked on the ground or if i'm in restaurants or or, or stuff i look up at their duct work if it's exposed it's like wow i would have done that differently or, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> yeah i no, think it's, it's just a thing 
Yeah, no, it's funny because uh, one of my friends, he actually does HVAC. I don't know if that's what you guys call it out there, but it's heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. But yeah, he does the same thing. Like we'll walk into a restaurant or whatever, and he's like, man, I would have done that so different. And I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'll take your word on it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, even like I resonate so much with with David on that. Every time I go to to a restaurant, it's like, man, that pipe run looks like crap or Oh, they actually did good on that one. Or, you know, why did they put the lights at such a stupid spot? You know, so it's, it's always second guessing the other guy's work. Yep. Yeah, no, for sure. It's like we've been on jobs where we have to rip out their concrete because the guys that did it before us were just, they didn't care. They were just worried about getting the job done and getting paid, you know? And so it's mm-hmm. like you look down at it and it's like, I don't understand how people can just do a shoddy job like that, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I know the company I, I worked for, um, I think it was not, yeah, I think it was not last summer, summer before they actually, um, uh, there was a, a homeowner, he was building a house, but the, his uh, HVAC contractor just never showed up or, you know, wasn't keeping him in the loop and wasn't doing mm-hmm. that great of work. And he ended up actually calling us and we actually went there and we tore out a bunch of his ductwork and stuff because it was all undersized and just not put together properly and we ripped out a lot of plumbing and ductwork out of that home and i can't imagine like if you have to redo concrete i can't imagine that being easy uh, it's not easy but that's also the joys of doing it you know mm-hmm. <laughs> yep <laughs> I, I'll go ahead well, i just remember one of the bigger projects i worked on last year and there was, oh, I can't even remember how many square feet of concrete. And I just know they poured it in four sections. And we were antsy to get onto the concrete to start doing our piping and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and we kept on bugging the general contractor. Uh-huh. We were like, hey, can we get on? Can we get on? And finally he said, yeah, you can get on. And we're cruising around with a scissor lift. And, and all of a sudden the concrete guy's coming. What are you doing on our concrete? <laughs> well, the general said we could go on. And then the guy just throws up his hands and he's like, well, if you go through, it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we had the same deal. We were working up in Park City and it was about a 5,000 yard pour and with an exposed finish. So what we did was we poured it out, finished it, and we put this acid on it that eats it away and gives it a really fine, almost like a micro sand texture. And, uh, we come back and this guy's walking on the uh, uh, acid and he's leaving the boot prints in it. And we're like, Hey, what the hell are you doing? You know, like, can you not see it's blue? Like you're not supposed to be walking on it until we wash it off. And he's like, Oh, sorry. And we're just like, where do you have the audacity? (laughs) So um, if, if, you know, if you're in concrete, have you ever actually like had that? Like if you freshly poured something and you leave for the day and you come back and it's like, somebody's like left blue a boot prints or someone's like put like handprints or footprints or something in the concrete just to be like dinks just to you know mess up your work just <laughs> for the sake of being dumb yeah so fortunately i'm keeping my fingers crossed on this one that uh we haven't but we're up at that same job in park city and uh we were leaving for the day and we had just uh poured out and it was finished and even if you stepped on it, it wouldn't do anything, but we were prepping for the second um, portion of our pour, and there's this moose that comes walking out of nowhere, this big bull, 
and he's looking at my boss's trailer like he wants to go up and itch on it and my boss is like oh if this <laughs> if this moose comes and scratches on his trailer he's about to chase it with a concrete rake you know <laughs> but he actually walked to the next house over and these guys had actually just poured and they left the front door open to this multi-million dollar home beautiful home walks right up to the door and looks inside like it's about to walk in and right as the last second he walked out and we're just like holy cow good thing that's not our job (laughs) oh my goodness oh man yeah it's actually kind of funny about um leaving prints and concrete uh the company i work for we were we were doing the wiring at a at a new mcdonald's in the area Mm -hmm. and the one we were pulling like 12 hour days there and they called in extra help. And I went there on a Saturday and pulled an eight hour day on a Saturday. And, and the Friday night, someone had broken in, like ripped the plywood off that they had screwed on and stolen all our wire and one guy's tools. And it was just all gone. And we were like, well, we still have material that we can keep going. Mm -hmm. And so we're working away and all of a sudden the cops are there and they start looking around and all of a sudden they said, yeah, the guy uh, scratched his initials in the fresh concrete. We know who it is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Who's dumb enough to do that? Like, <laughs> Well, this kid, and apparently he's known for stealing stuff off of job sites and they went to his house and sure enough, they found copper scraps and they found some of oh. our wire and went and got a warrant and they found all our wire and most of the guy's tools, but it was like, how dumb do you have to be to leave your initials at the jobs that you just robbed? Yeah. It, no. it, 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 to me, that reminds you of like in Home Alone where, uh, where, uh, where Harry puts the gum in the sink and when they flood the home, right? Yeah. That's exactly what that reminds me of. It's like, now we know everywhere you were. Yeah, no. And it's like, yeah, I've been there too, working those. I've had one day, I remember we worked 17 hours up in Park City because the concrete just wouldn't set. And they were real antsy about us getting this poured out because the owners are like, hey, this has been going on forever. It's about to snow and we need a driveway because this driveway is probably on like a 14% incline. This driveway is incredibly steep. And they can't get up to their house because it's just all mud, ice, you know. And so mm-hmm. we're working 17-hour days. And then Saturday, work another eight-hour shift just cutting the concrete. So I know exactly where you're coming from. Speaking of uh, cutting concrete, um, another thing that uh, I've, I've heard, um, uh, the company I work for, they, they were working in this shop. Uh, it was freshly poured concrete um the outside walls or whatever were already put up and everything but they so they were working inside pouring the concrete and um the concrete guys were coming there the early the next day kind of before we were going to get there to cut concrete mm-hmm. and uh, they the guy that was cutting concrete i guess he was using mm-hmm. some kind of gas powered cutter or something like that yeah um and all of a sudden, one of the guys, they, they show up there, uh, you know, around 8 o'clock or whatever. They walk in the door, and they just smell like just bad. Like, they could smell the fumes because the dude hadn't opened any doors thinking, oh, oh it's just going to be a quick job, not a big deal, right? It was yeah. a decent-sized shop. Um, and all of a sudden, like, the, um, 
when when they got there, the guy he was still working, but you could tell this guy was not in great shape, and they actually took him out, mm-hmm. like shut everything up, opened up the doors, took him out, and um, they uh, they called the ambulance because this guy started, you know, I think he started throwing up or something. Like he had gotten he gotten poisoned. Yeah, and uh, they dragged him out there, and uh, the ambulance said if if we wouldn't have showed up and he would have kept cutting with another hour or so, this guy may have just passed out. Oh yeah, gone. yeah, Carlos. but not, but nowadays, you know, you have like Milwaukee. They have in their MX series, you know, a battery powered cutter. Do you mm-hmm. something, is that something you you've you've played around with? So we just use a uh, a gas powered and a uh, yeah, just gas powered. But I've seen those Milwaukee uh, circular saws cutting for cutting uh, concrete for demoing demoing concrete. You know. But I haven't really mm-hmm. seen one that's made for um, saw cuts for control joints okay. and concrete. Okay. I don't know if it's just because their batteries don't have the juice for it or what, but we don't do a lot of cutting inside. And if we do, we just put in control joints with a joint uh, plate joiner. And so that's – Okay. I'd love to use them, you know, but it is what it is. <laughs> yep. It, it, it's always nice to use new tools, some new technology out there. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, for sure. Like, we got a new demo saw, and we were getting to play around with that last week, and, man, that thing was fun. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just thought of another concrete story that I had. I I had roughed in. I did the ground rough in for an office space, and – the one side they told me I didn't need to bring any pipes up except for, for parking plugs and uh, for the telecoms company and for hydro through the concrete. Mm-hmm. And I had made sure I asked, do I need to bring any conduits for any floor box or anything? And they said, nope, nope, just bare floor. That's all they're going to do. <sighs> and it came to, I think we were, yeah, they were already drywalling and they said, oh, we want a floor box in the conference room underneath the conference table. And I was like, "Um, well, how am I supposed to get my pipe in there? And so they brought a guy out with a concrete saw and he had to cut in the finished concrete when there was drywall in the, on the walls already. And I, I put my pipes. Oh, and also he had to cut a, a, a path for me to be able to get my pipes to a printer station. So he had to, cut in this building with drywalled walls and then i put my floor boxes in after the fact i was like i literally asked you guys three times do i need to bring conduits anywhere yeah but that project was so the they changed their minds so many times throughout the stages like we'd have offices wired up and they'd come and oh no we want to change this we want to change this it was like, okay, guys, there's a point where you can't really change things. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. I've been in that same position where it's like, we want this in here. And it's like, well, we've already poured the floor. So if you want mm-hmm. to, you can have someone else come out and cut it because it's just going to be a pain to do it, you know. But... Right. And, and concrete's one of those things, you know, once it's kind of set, it's, you know, you don't really want to break that up it's not like drywall where you can make hole in the wall and away you go yeah no because i've worked both i've done drywall i've hung drywall mudded drywall and uh that's you can just 
take out that piece, you know, and it breaks off in that four by eight sheet, you know, but with concrete, mm-hmm. you break it out and there's broken pieces everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You just can't control it. <laughs> yep. Um, I, cause uh, I haven't done a whole lot of, um, concrete demo. I mean, the only thing that, uh, I've comes to mind is, um, we were doing a basement reno in this guy's house. Uh, we, he took his, uh, tub out. He's going to get a, a shower put in. And so the drain need to be relocated, um, in, in, in his basement, in his bathroom. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, I was tasked with the job of breaking up a bunch of concrete and installing a new drain line uh, in his bathroom there. And I'd never done that before, really. I have no, <laughs> no experience with concrete work. And I thought, oh, yeah. you know, it doesn't, look, it doesn't look that bad. You know, it shouldn't take me very long. Once I kind of got into it, and yeah, that, that, was, that, that took a bit longer than what I expected. But, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had the exhaust fan going in there. I had my um, uh, vacuum cleaner going there trying to keep the dust to a minimum. Oh, yeah. And... And I had um, kind of like a, a a big cloth to like cover the bottom of the door so the dust wouldn't get into the basement. But man, even with all of that, it was still got quite dusty in there. Oh yeah, no, we were in a uh, in a I don't know what you would call it. It's just kind of like a uh, like a mall kind of, and we okay. were in one of the stores because my boss knew the guy who owned it, and he was like, "Hey, I want to grind down my concrete because." it was pretty flaky from whoever did it and it was just chipped up. So we're like, okay, you know, we'll do that. And so we were grinding it down on the edges and cause we had someone come in with a big, huge ride on grinder to get most of it done. And it was only probably about 35 feet long. And so, but we had to do the edges because the guy wasn't able to get his round grinder up close to the edges and so we're grinding the edges and by the time we're done, you couldn't see in front of your face because the dust was so bad. It's, oh. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, wow. that, that, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. <laughs> so do you guys deal with epoxying concrete at all? So I haven't done it yet with my boss. He does do it. I would love to learn how to do it because I love epoxied floors. That's one of my favorite type of, concrete so i'd love to learn how to do it but it's if you do do it it's mostly in garage floors or in auto shops stuff like that because it's easy to clean up the grease off of it and oil whatever you spill on it you know but we've just mostly been doing driveways uh, basement floors uh additions on houses stuff like that okay I know that uh, that epoxy. I've been in a few homes where where they have that in their garage, and it's it's like um, they must have had some kind of glossy finish on it, and that looks like that looks real sharp. Oh yeah, it looks way good. It's like I said, my favorite type of concrete. Like you can never go wrong with an epoxied floor in your garage. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you've got the money, why not? Right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. And it's it's. It's pretty hard to break up too, but because you got all these little chunks of epoxy, because what it is, it's a layer on top of the concrete. So what you do is you finish it out and you grind it down to make sure it's flat and smooth. And then you come in with the epoxy and put the epoxy on. And if you want the flakes in the epoxy, you put the flakes in the epoxy while you're finishing it. It's way cool stuff. Yeah, I know 
that uh, one job, it was a book printing factory that we were doing an addition on and, and they wanted epoxy on the floor just to keep the dust down from the forklifts driving around and, mm-hmm. and just watching them put that epoxy down, like with their studded shoes and everything, just kind of dump it on the ground and roll it around is like, that's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. It's way cool. It doesn't look very hard to put down, but I'd, I'd more than love to learn how to do it so I could do it one day on my own house, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, you were saying that your the concrete season has kind of started there now. So what do you do during the winter months then? So the winter months, we're doing more of finishing basements, putting up drywall, hanging drywall, uh, framing, just more of the inside stuff because here it gets pretty cold. Like with that story up in Park City where I was working 17 hours, it was five degrees when we left that job. Oh, five degrees. That's that's pretty cold. Yeah, it it was freezing cold. And that's why we couldn't leave because it wouldn't set up because of that temperature. So (laughs) we were there until (laughs) about midnight and I didn't get home till about two in the morning. And then I was up at six and ready to go back to work. So I I guess that point, you know, Red Bulls and five hour energy drinks. (laughs) Yeah, no, I guess the stereotype is uh, construction workers need that to survive. Right. And that is the truth. (laughs) I know um, me and Cal, we always kind of joke around. I mean, um, with, you know, stereotypes of trades, it's 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 fun. Like it's not like we're making fun of anybody, everybody. But we always say, you know, um, construction workers, you gotta have those uh, the pit viper. <laughs> That's hilarious because I actually have <laughs> two pairs of them. <laughs> <laughs> I do. That's awesome. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not making fun at all. Just, I, um, right in our in our city we live in, they um they were doubling a highway um this last summer. And um, I, I, I kid you not, I wouldn't put it past. I get I guarantee you 50 percent of those construction like road workers that are doing road work there had the pit vipers. Oh, yeah. No. And every, <laughs> like, like, it's just it's just one of those things. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but that's awesome. No. Um, oh, yeah. I, I take shit every day from my coworkers because I wear them. <laughs> Well, I I told David last time I'm definitely going to order a pair of pit vipers now and I'll be the dumbest looking electrician (laughs) on the crew. Hey, I don't care. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because uh, pit vipers are actually their companies based out of Salt Lake City, Utah, which is not very far from me. And I guess they're kind of like a ski. What they were going for their branding is like a ski uh, type glasses, you know, like the 80s and 90s type glasses. And I swear, everywhere I go snowboarding up here, I always see someone wearing them. And I see them almost every day. <laughs> well, I, I was saying to David last time, the construction stereotype is the, the brown Carhartt coveralls, you know, <laughs> stickered hard hat, pit vipers, <laughs> and a greasy mustache. <laughs> that, that describes me to a T. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have those coveralls for when it's cold you gotta have the stickers on your hard hat or someone's gonna think you're an amateur right yeah (laughs) the more stickers you have on there you know the 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 smarter you are oh yeah and that doesn't matter if you just started yesterday (laughs) exactly and 
Like they say, everybody wants to work car hard till it's time to do car hard shit. No, that is exactly how it is. <laughs> That's funny because even in my casual wear, it's just Carhartt t-shirts. That's all I wear. <laughs> no, I I literally, if I'm going to the grocery store, I dress like I'm going to work. I got the steel toe <laughs> Georges on, Carhartt pants, hoodie, and pit vipers, and a hat. <laughs> That's awesome, man. It sounds like you're living the dream. I uh, can't complain. Can't complain. <laughs> uh, no, I, you know, for me, it's, I love the Carhartt material. Like, their shirts are so high quality. And and even, I know Dave and I have talked about, for podcast shirts, you know, doing them in Carhartt. Because, sure, they'll be expensive. But then at least, you know, it's a, a product that'll last for a long time. Oh, no. For sure, like with my Carhartt coveralls, like I've worn them going into a, a food distribution plant where we had to break out the concrete for their milk tracks, and that was pretty scary because when we were breaking out, it was a the power company had came in and measured for the electrical line, the main electrical line for this factory, right? And the guy mm-hmm. says, yeah, it's about 17 feet down below the concrete. And we're just kind of like, okay, you know, we'll just keep breaking out. And uh, we're breaking out. And one of our coworkers sees this huge conduit. And he's like, hey. hey. Sorry for the break here, guys. We just ran into some technical difficulties. So I had to splice this stuff together. And. We will continue on after this. We back on? Oh, we are back on. Yeah, All right. You went robot and then you, there was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, where was I at? You were at, uh, you were digging up, uh, breaking up concrete and one of your coworkers found some thick conduit. Oh yeah. So he's got the pointer tip for breaking out the concrete on this big huge excavator right i think it was like a g550 excavator in this factory and we're like hey hey you need to stop before you puncture that Mm -hmm. and we we go up to the supervisor and we're like hey like what is that and he's like uh that's the main line for the electrical for the entire factory he's like if you guys would have punctured that, we would have all been dead. And I was yeah. just like, holy cow. Like, that's some scary stuff right there. No doubt, because that would be, that wouldn't have even been stepped down yet coming into the factory of that size. Yeah. It would still be at probably a couple thousand volts, then it would have gotten stepped down inside the factory. Oh, yeah. It was. I just kind of took a deep breath and I was like, all right, well, get back to it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not much else you can do. I mean, you're you're not dead, right? So just yeah. keep working. <laughs> no, exactly. And we were kind of like, who came and surveyed this? Because it's only 17 inches below the concrete. Like, oh, I, I guess when they told, uh, when they forgot to, or when they told you how deep it was, maybe they accidentally added two dashes after the 17 instead of one. <laughs> I don't know, but it could have screwed up their day for sure and ours. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's it's interesting because we were right now we're uh, starting a big project on a meat processing plant, and 
they got, I think it was the telecoms company again to come out and locate lines. And, and one of my bosses said, that guy didn't have a hot clue how to use the locator. He said, well, I just kind of started painting lines wherever I got a signal. Oh. And, just, <laughs> and he was like, you know, who taught you how to use the locator? And I just got instructed on how to use the wire locator. And, and I made dang certain where my wires were. I double and triple checked my depths and everything. And, you know, that can be a very expensive screw up on someone's part. Yeah, for sure. And I remember him walking around trying to find it and he's like, Oh, my locator's kind of whacking out on me. And I was just like, uh, go get a new one then. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, I know finding wires in, you know, underneath rebar can be can be difficult but you know most locators have a setting where you can still kind of find it amongst the rebar and i mean 17 feet and 17 inches that's a world of a difference and i would have kind of scratched my head at the at the sound of 17 feet because Mm -hmm. here the code is three feet down in like a traffic area like that's how deep even hydro's cables are you know it's three feet down not 17 yeah (laughs) yeah so i don't i don't really know the code on that but with that big of a factory we're in i guess everyone was just kind of like uh that makes a little sense i guess you know (laughs) putting that big of a main line down there Mm -hmm. but it wasn't 17 feet that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) yep uh i remember uh this was last summer i i was up on a roof and um, as one of these rooftop units wasn't cooling properly, and I'm up there. It's at a church. They've got seven, seven rooftop units up there, and um, so I'm up there, you know, diagnosing. And this is all high voltage. This is three phase power, which is uh, it's it's if, for someone that's not 100% used to it, it's a little daunting. Mm-hmm. However, I've got my meter in here, and um, my coworker who is also in the in the town. Um, thought oh you know he's gonna come check up on me right ask any questions or whatever <laughs> and all of a sudden he's clamped to the roof and i don't hear him right i'm busy focusing had my meter in this unit right yeah and i don't hear him come up behind me and then all of a sudden he like jumps at me and i like jump back and thinking <laughs> I, I just you know almost met my maker here and um he just he just turns around just laughs at me he's like, and then later on he's like you know i probably shouldn't have done that but uh, i was like <laughs> It's it's no problem, you know. No one got hurt. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's the best thing about working construction too is just the daily jokes that go on, you know. It's mm-hmm. like where I've worked every other job, it's like, "Oh, you need to act a certain way or you need to be a certain way." And it's like you could just pretend to grab on a cable doing concrete that you were breaking up or whatever and just be like, "Ah," like you're getting shocked, <laughs> you know. And, uh-huh. No one cares. No one gets in trouble, and you find it funny at the end of the day. So, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, um, that's one thing I love about installs. Most of the time, if you're you know in a home or you're in a building and you're and you're you know you're working by yourself, everyone's having a good time. Everyone's making jokes. Um, I'm mostly on the service end, so you know I have to I have to kind of represent the company. So mm. I have to be on my best behavior then. But, yeah. Um, um, it I I like both worlds in my opinion. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, for sure. It's like you need to be professional when it the time comes, but when you just want to screw around with your buddies and your coworkers, you can also do that, you know. <laughs> exactly, 
And, I, and that's what lunchtime is for. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's that's one thing. I mean, I'm also quite quite a bit on the service side, but oftentimes, you know, it'll be a small job and the plumbers will be there or, or there'll be a framer there and just the jokes that you run back and forth. I know uh, the one office building I did, those framers there, they knew how to have a good time and all of a sudden, I just jump out them and just start screaming at them, asking, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and they just start yelling right back, and like it, it for a passerby, they would have thought we were just absolutely furious at each other. But you know, <laughs> day, we all had a good laugh. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. The best is when you go onto a job site and you look at the bl- blueprints, and you're just kind of like, "Huh, that doesn't look like in the right spot," and everyone just kind of goes, "Wait, what?" And they just kind of all <laughs> gather around the blueprints and you're like, you sure that wall's correct? And they're just like, uh, uh, let's, let's check that again. And then they're like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. That's awesome. It's a, it, it sounds like, you, like you've got a, you've got a fun place to work at. Oh, I, I do love my job. I can say that for sure. Yeah. And it, it always makes a huge difference, you know, even with your, co-workers in the company i know i've worked for electrical companies where you know everyone was so miserable and just the way they talked about other people you just actually end up being bitter and hating the other people in your company or your boss Mm -hmm. and and other contractors and it's such a toxic relationship but the company i work for now like in the morning we'll go and all go into the office and we'll sit there and drink coffee and just you know just make jokes and yeah, and just kind of ask each other, hey, what did you do last night? And and it's just a good time. You know, it's it's important to have good morale within the workplace. No, for sure. And it's also really well that you get along with your coworkers, too, because you're going to be with them day in, day out, you know. And it's exactly. like our boss is the same way. Like he'll crack jokes all the time because he'll come and work with us on serious projects. And he knows and our two coworkers are just like. They're laid back, you know, mellowed out, and he'll crack a joke, and we think it's funny, and we have a good time. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's like my first journeyman said. He said, my journeyman, when I was an apprentice, he was a miserable prick. He said, I don't want to be remembered as the journeyman who is a miserable prick. <laughs> <laughs> kind of ironic, right? Yeah. <laughs> and. And I'm very thankful that the company I work for, you know, most of the guys, they're younger guys. And, and, you know, it's just, yeah, we're there to do a good job and get stuff done. But what's stopping you from having a good time while you work, right? It makes the days go by faster. Yeah, no, certainly. And it's like, uh, as soon as we start working, we're dead quiet, you know, when we're finishing a slab and we're working it, it's dead quiet in there. We actually had a customer say this. It's like, we were forming, we're making jokes, you know, goofing around. And then once the concrete was down, he was like, boom, you guys quit talking and went to work. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, there's, there's a time and a place for chit chat and banter, but when it's time to get down to business, you just get her done. Yeah, no. And you need to know when that is too, because it's like, if you don't know when that is and you're just kind of goofing around, you could really mess things up. Mm-hmm. Or if you're like in, in, in my situation and Cal's situation, if you're, you know, in a, in a home and, you know, you're talking with your coworkers about all kinds of things and you don't 
realize the customer is upstairs and they all of a sudden hear you and <laughs> they, they might have some things to to comment to uh, to your boss. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Can't say I haven't had that happen before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like I've even had issues with, you know, some customers where they just kind of want to hang around and chit-chat and it's like, you know, I love talking to you. You seem like a great person, but you hired me to do the job. And I know when it comes time to billing, you will ask why there's so much time on the work order. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I ha- I'm the one who has to explain why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, exactly. I, uh, I, I know even like in my situation too, like customers, like I, I've, I've seen people's, you know, their car collections that they have, like in their garages and shops and stuff. Like when I've done work in there and, it, you know, they're there and they want to chit chat and whatever. And it's like, if it's, depending what time of day it is, you know, if it's right before lunch or at the end of the day, it's like, I'll entertain the thought of you telling me stories about some of your cool cars. Like I was at a, a guy's house. He had, um, uh, I don't know, he had 15, uh, Ford model T's in there. That's what, that was his collection. Jeez. He collected those cars and they all ran and they were all original and he had stories on every single one of them of where they had come from and he probably paid an arm and a leg for them but it was at the end of the day and this guy was there and i was i was interested in myself in these vehicles i just want i just want to know the history of them yeah and, uh, but i was working on a unit heater in that shop which was like right above a car kind of and mm-hmm. he's like whatever you do do not drop anything all that <laughs> yeah the original nothing can be replaced easily oh. and i did that job sh- well, my hands shaking a little bit but i never <laughs> took a tool up the ladder that i did not need it yeah. was one tool at a time <laughs> yeah no some of the houses we work on are some high profile people up in park city and it's like they'll walk through the job sites and they're some of the nicest people you've ever met. And these people are on mm-hmm. world renowned TV shows, you know, and they're just one guy came up to me and he was on a TV show here in America. I don't know if you guys know it, but he, he just walks up normally and he says, Hey guys, how's it going? How's my concrete doing? And we're just kind of like, uh, 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 <laughs> like don't even know what to say to this guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think I'd be the same way. 100%. Yeah, no, for sure. It's it's a little awkward, but it's also like he kind of treated us like that saying, you know, treat the yeah. janitor the same way you would the CEO, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Which which is good. I mean, there I know there's a, there's a lot of rich people uh, out there, wealthy people that, you know, they're they they treat you as, you know, oh, you're just, you know, here to do work for me and that's it, right? I don't need to treat you with any respect anymore because you're here to do a job. Yeah, no, that's the worst type of mentality on people, you know? These people are building your house for you, like where you're going to live, where you're going to enjoy the moments with your kids, you know? And just Mm -hmm. to treat them like crap, it's like, why would you do that? Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. And I know one contractor I've worked together with a bit – He's actually friends with uh, a WWE wrestler, and he. I was like, "Oh, you know, that's that's pretty cool." And he said, "Yeah." He said, "You know, he hired me because he said, you know what? You don't treat me like I'm a superstar." He said, "You just treat me like a normal customer." Yeah. And 
they got a huge like they built a relationship off that and like they'll go hunting together and and stuff like that and like he used this guy used to fight in ufc and now he is in the wwe like Mm -hmm. that's insane yeah no (laughs) that is insane and just that mentality also just brings a morale to the crew itself you know like, if someone yeah. just comes up to you and says, like, oh, this looks wrong. Why are you doing this? You know, it just kind of brings yep. the morale down. And you're just like, you know, why am I even working for this customer? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or or if they come down where you're working and they're just exactly questioning everything. And they question, like, I've the, the one thing that bothers me the most is, like, when they ask you, do you know what you're doing? Oh, I get, like, I get that all the time, you know, being such a young age and doing what I do, even other mm-hmm. crews. And it's like, yeah, I've worked this industry for about a year, but I have confidence in myself that I know how to do it and can do it properly and do it well. Exactly. I know. I um, I guess I, we hadn't even asked, uh, uh, how old are you? I'm 19. Oh, Right on, getting into the trades, yeah, young, young guy. I, I, I thought you would be older, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just trying to get into it while I can, learn as much as I can. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I know I got before I went into uh, I guess I'm, I'm mainly in HVAC. Before I went into there, I did um, auto mechanics, I worked at a dealership basically right out of high school within six months of graduating. I did that for two years, and now I've been with the company I am with now for uh august will be two years there so right on that's way to go yeah Yeah, i guess i'm kind of in a similar boat as you as basically right out of high school i was you know a couple months 18 and then i began electrical Mm -hmm. and i haven't stopped since yeah right on so what i did was my junior year of high school, I was like kind of looking at classes and I was like, huh, I wonder what could get me out of the classroom. You know, I hate being in the classroom, <laughs> sitting there, uh-huh. can't pay attention. You know, it just sucks or I just know the material already. So it's like, why am I even here? Right. So mm-hmm. I look at this class and I see carpentry and I was like, OK, you know, maybe it's woodworking, whatever, work in the shop. I'd like to do that. And so. First day I show up and the teacher's like, so this class, you'll be building a house from the ground up. And if you can't work, get out of my classroom right now. And so I was like, you know what? (laughs) I like it already. I'm sticking with it. And so did that my junior year, finished the house. And then my senior year, uh, we started on a 5,000 square foot home. And unfortunately, COVID hit and we weren't able to finish it because we were out of school. And so that kind of sucks. But then I graduated and I've been working a year since with this company. And so haven't stopped since. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. The high schools in our area also offer a whole number of programs. And I did electrical in high school and I actually got my first level of apprenticeship coming out of high school. And, you know, the first day we showed up, the teacher there said too, you know, if, this isn't going to be an easy credit. You know, if you just think this is going to be an easy credit, don't even waste my time. Just get out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, I, I took automotive throughout high school. And I mean, I was really interested in automotive at the time. I still am. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I did automotive throughout high school. And then I got into the trade. 
And I, I like the, the working on the vehicles part. I really enjoy that. I really enjoy the people. But mm-hmm. uh, I just figured, you know, maybe I, I wanted to try something else. And I wanted to, uh, I like the, like I have the mechanical aptitude. So mm-hmm. I was looking at different trades. And that's when I kind of stumbled upon, stumbled upon uh, HVAC. And um, I did just finish my first year of refrigeration and air conditioning a month and a half ago. Right so, on. So, um, yeah, I, and that's really what I was what I was going for because I don't that, that that's what I like to do. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think it's really important that schools incorporate those types of classes into their class schedule because I think that with kids like me, it got me out of mm-hmm. the classroom. It got me into something I was very interested in, and you know, it kind of kept me out of college. I guess if you could say that, you know, instead of just. Right sitting in the classroom questioning myself saying why am i here this entire time you know mm-hmm. and if, I, if i'm not wrong i believe when i was in in uh, in grade nine there and we had a um a representative come down uh because uh, um we're from manitoba and the manitoba trades themselves uh a representative came down there trying to promote the trades and stuff mm-hmm. and if i wasn't wrong um that was how oh, was that seven years ago i was in grade nine and they were saying by the year 2020, which I guess now is, is past, but by the year 2020, uh, Canada would need about a million tradesmen uh, like in the industry because of all uh, the people retiring. Mm-hmm. And if you think about that, that's a substantial number of spots to fill across Canada. Yeah, no, they did the same thing in my English class. It was just kind of like the counselors would come in and say, Hey, seniors, this is kind of like what's going on. You got to get your college applications in whatnot. And then they would say, there's X amount of jobs that need to be filled by 2023 for trades. And then just kind of skipped over it. You know, they were always pushing, go to college, go to college, get a degree, you know? And I think that way it just kind of keeps people down, you know, puts people in debt instead of, you know, going and working for a trade right out of high school, making the same amount as if somebody coming out of college with a, you know, bachelor's of science degree. Right. Exactly. And, and you don't, you, you don't, you're not after your first year, you're not 10, $15,000 in debt, right? Yeah, exactly. I think in total for my schooling, I think I've paid $560 okay. for all of my school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. I think my entire four-year program for Davis Tech is only like two thousand dollars. Wow! Yeah, that's still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. In high school, I I was actually an agricultural parts person, and our high school offered like a high school apprenticeship program, and being a parts person was an apprenticeship-able trade, I guess. And so I gained high school credits through that. And they said, because I had gained those credits, I could use them to pay for my schooling. So my level two and three, I used those credits to pay for my schooling. And now for my level four, I just had to pay like 560 bucks. And okay. and then that, that wrapped up how much I had to pay for my schooling. And so, you know, rather that than when I was working for that company as a parts person, I want to become a sales guy. Well, they wanted me to get my bachelor's of egg degree. Yeah. And I said, no, thanks. I'm not going to go spend $30,000 yeah. to go to school and then not be guaranteed a job. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's kind of like 
something I live by too, you know, is college isn't always for someone. Like I was, I was about to turn in my uh, classes to go to Utah state here. And I was just like, you know what? Like, I don't want to be sitting in an apartment up in Logan, just doing homework constantly 24 seven, working a part-time job and just scraping by, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And you're going to be doing that for four, probably three to four years to get any kind of bachelor of whatever or degree in whatever, right? So yeah, um, yeah, and I, I I'm totally with you on that. That's why I wanted to get into a trade as well. Um, you you my my schooling will probably cost me two grand, if that by by the time I'm all done in four years, which is which is nothing. Yeah, like that's that 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 doesn't even pay for people's books that go to to college. No, exactly, <laughs> and that's why I think schools, you know, should push trades even further because there is a giant number of people that will be retiring in the next five years that those positions need to be filled. And it's, I look at my boss and he says, I can't find anyone to come and work with us because we're booked out with jobs until about November. And it's like, I think it's a generational thing that I guess my generation Mm -hmm. doesn't really want to work hard, but. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think, I think the blue collar work is always kind of, I think it's 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 turning around, but I think it's always kind of been looked down upon as you know, oh, you're a blue collar worker. Oh, you know, you're yeah, you must not be the brightest star yeah. in the mm-hmm. group. Yeah, there. exactly. Oh, you weren't smart enough to go to college or whatever, right? But it's like honestly, blue collar workers, they are probably one of the smartest people out there. Like they build this country. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. It's like I've had people come and say, oh, you work in concrete well, did you not graduate? And I was like, um, I graduated <laughs> wow. on the honor roll. I was offered scholarships for a construction management degree at Weber State. And it's like, <laughs> you don't see me going yeah. there now, do you? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like some of the smartest people I know are tradespeople. I thought you were going to say some of the smartest people you know are plumbers. <laughs> uh, that's that's the <laughs> Yeah, no, it's just, they're, I couldn't agree more because it's like, you know, general contractors, the workers, they're dealing with math every single day. They got to think on their feet, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just. Exactly. <laughs> sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's just, I think the some of the smartest people are definitely builders and general contractors because they keep us going they keep our you know our factories running when they need repairs they keep our lights on mm-hmm. exactly and you know um i i always i, I always think back to the to, to the meme where it's uh um, where, where the one guy's turning the power off he's a he's a he's a linesman he's turning the power off to someone's house it's like yeah um, the, uh, this guy had a four-year apprenticeship paid, and now he's turning the power off to someone who got a Bachelor of Arts is eighty thousand dollars in debt and can't pay their bill. And now he's turning the power off. <laughs> I always think back to that. Team. I don't know why. Yeah. I just and, think that's funny. And yet she's laughing at him because, oh, you didn't go to school. Yeah, you, yeah, you <laughs> didn't go to school. Yeah, no, and I think that's the stigma now. Is just if you don't go to school, are you smart? You know, like if you go to mm-hmm, college yeah. and get a degree and get yourself in hundreds if not thousands of dollars in debt are you the smart one like <laughs> exactly, right? 
<laughs> yeah. No, and that's that's kind of why we started this podcast. You know, we just wanted to connect blue collar workers and especially through Hammer now and you know with Breck has done such good work with that and I just figured, you know what, through the group chat that we have, I just reach out and see if anyone wanted to come on and you reached out and I was like, Hey, let's make this happen. Yeah, no. And I was really interested to get my word out there because I think nobody really talks about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Matt, totally. Matt and Breck really are coming out with this app and I'm just like, I think we're looking at a change here. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. And, and I feel it, it's kind of, it's a little bit slow to start, but it's very quickly gaining momentum with the blue collar pride and everything, you know, us standing up saying, Hey, you know what? We are smart people. You know, we, we keep this country running in the background. You know, we don't beg for um, recognition, you know, mm-hmm. especially through the whole pandemic, everyone's like, Oh, you know, our healthcare workers our healthcare mm-hmm. workers, stuff like that. Sure. They do great work, but who kept the lights on and the water running? Yeah, up? and they didn't even recognize them until they until this pandemic happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know what? I will not forget it, though. Donald Trump, I saw this post when Donald Trump had, he had a whole list of what he called essential workers and plumbers, electricians, and HVAC workers, and a bunch of other blue-collar workers were listed in there. Yeah. I have that screen somewhere on my phone. I'm so proud. <laughs> yeah no and yeah not to get into politics but yeah (laughs) that's a pot that's a different story that's a different story for a different podcast (laughs) yeah no for sure but he was definitely doing really good things for i think blue collar workers for sure Mm -hmm. yeah and i i don't know i just think that the work we do we have to take pride in it and you know just do our best work because it's I like I heard once on a tow truck show, um, the guy said the only people that care about tow truck drivers is other tow truck drivers. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's the same for blue collar workers. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like that scene in Fight Club, right, where they beat up the guy and he say he says we're the one that serves your food, we're the one that works on the toilets, you know, whatever, and we're the ones that uh-huh. keep all that stuff going. Without us, you're nothing. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, Hayden. It was great having you on. Yeah, for sure. Hey, no, I appreciate it. And we'll have to have you on again as we get deeper into the season. And Mm -hmm. and once you're, uh, whenever you're done your first level of of electrical, I think it'd be cool to have you on again. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Let me know. Uh, I think my first level is done in August. So. All right. Awesome. Yeah, then we'll we'll stay in touch and it's been really great talking to you and we're going to keep pumping out stories and stuff like that. It's just as things progress towards the warmer weather, it's just everything gets busy. Yeah, mm-hmm. seriously. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, you enjoy your evening and stay safe on the job. You as well. I appreciate you guys for getting my my stories out there and my speeches, so I really appreciate it. (laughs) Sure. It's our pleasure. Thank you. Yes. Yeah.